Shorthanded, Smith coming down the middle on the backhand, he shoots, he scores! Listen to the fortress, it's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone, here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in, down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Live from Section 104 T-Mobile Arena, getting set for the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights, the VGK Insider Show, hour number two, bringing you all kinds of uh, action involving the Arizona Coyotes arena dispute, plus the latest on a bizarre situation for the St. Louis Blues who will have to play a one-player short again and have now run into goaltending issues uh, as it relates to injury and the salary cap. So developments on that front. Carey Price also in the news. Uh, those coming up, uh, stories coming up on the one-timer segment at the bottom of the hour. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, the Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, tied in the standings in the Western Conference. Tonight's winner at T-Mobile Arena will get the wild card position all to themselves. Going to be an interesting game. I, I, I'm looking at this one as a, a big test for the Golden Knights, and more often than not, when there's a, a game that Vegas wants, when it's a, a measuring stick of sort, when they need a win, uh, they've come through. And right now, this is an opportunity for the Golden Knights to play to their identity and get a big two points against an opponent that has been on an absolute heater over the last seven to ten games. We all know the... Dallas Stars from the bubble and that series, which uh, sent the Dallas Stars to the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We watched the Dallas Stars against the Vegas Golden Knights earlier this year, and it was a very good Stars team who played a good game. But in between that, they missed the playoffs. And it's a hard team to figure out. Uh, Rick Bonus is the head coach, and a couple of weeks ago, he said something that was really interesting. And they weren't going in a good way at the time. He said, I know exactly what the problem is, and I'm going to fix it. It kind of went away after that, that quote, and nobody could really get to the bottom of exactly what he was referring to. Mm -hmm. But the Dallas Stars enter this game tonight having won seven in a row, and we know that Vegas is playing its best hockey of the year. Dallas, well, they've found a way to win some games they probably shouldn't is piling up some points again. Yeah. So what did he do? How did he fix it? I don't know for sure. <laughs> is it I, fixed? I have an idea uh, I'm, uh, of what he was referring to, but I haven't been able to to nail it yeah. uh, down just yet, and I, and I don't want to come on and and start throwing that around, but I do have a, a strong suspicion. I was talking to somebody today, trying to uh, <laughs> trying to really uh, be able to uh, bring in the news, but uh, I do know that what's happened with this roster has been interesting. Their best players, mm -hmm. Tyler Sagan, who was injured for most of last year, uh, and Jamie Benn, the stud, uh, guy that uh, can can be one of the best players in the league uh, at, at times, have had really inconsistent seasons. Mm -hmm. And that's been uh, a bone of contention, Rick Bonus, and and with the players, uh, not not in a bad way necessarily, but in a way to to get them going and ice time, and they've both been dropped down the lineup. Sure, and that's that's an area that they can't quite figure 
figure out right now. now there's other players that, that continue where the beat just goes on. Sure. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Uh, that he just uh, go, goes on oh, with, with somebody uh, like that uh, on, the, on the blue line. A couple of injuries uh, on the blue line, but they've been good. They've really been bailed out by one of the more stranger signings in the offseason, <laughs> one that none of us could figure out. Yeah. And that was bringing in Braden Holtby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Holtby came over from the from the uh, Vancouver Canucks in a in a free agent deal after being bought out by Vancouver. Yep. And why would you bring him in if you if you have Jake Ottinger, you have Anton Hudobin, and you still have Ben Bishop. Yep. And so everybody thought, well, Ben Bishop's done. Yep. He hasn't played since the bubble, but still, where does Holtby fit in with Ottinger and and Hudobin? Well, he he outplayed them all. And Hudobin has actually fallen off. And right now it's Ottinger and Holtby, who are the two goaltenders, and Ben Bishop starting a rehab assignment in the American Hockey League with the Texas Stars uh, tomorrow night. So they're still they're not out of the woods yet, mm-hmm. but this team is not in a very good spot without that left field signing by Jim Neal uh, of Braden Holtby. There's a few things that still need to be need to be fixed uh i that goaltending wasn't what rick bonus was referring to sure sure but uh the rest of it has settled down a little bit yeah i mean uh, goaltending looking at you know the numbers for ottinger and for Braden holby spectacular under you understand why they're the two guys that are right now for the dallas stars and you know ottinger's five and oh on the year um, 951 save percentage. Like, he's been really good, and Braden Holtby, he's been re- relied upon more, and I think you, you just kind of look at what he's able to do, big, timely saves within a game, just a monster, monster stretch of play for Braden Holtby. Uh, you get it. You do. But, you know, kind of to your point on, on Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, like, over time, Roles change a little bit. And when you've got guys like Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz who are performing, who are scoring, who are kind of driving the bus right now for the Dallas Stars, that's that's something that you just kind of have to acknowledge and, and allow those younger guys to, to kind of move uh, move in and change some things. And, you know, you could do a lot worse than having Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn supporting those young players in a depth role. Now, Benn's got seven. He scored a couple goals the other night against yeah. the, the Arizona Coyotes. It's not terrible. Sagan's got six, but only 10 points in 22 yeah. games. Like, it's, it's not jumping off the page at you, but, again, if – if you're getting that type of production from those guys down the lineup, well, okay. But, you know, you're going to need a little bit more consistency from everybody. And you you, you look at the Dallas Stars and, and just their offensive output this season so far, 5-on-5, uh, five five, pretty anemic. Like, they are bailed out in terms of their overall numbers and goals scored from a great power play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, but, and, but you expect that with those. Well, you have Joe Pavelski on the ice in mm-hmm. front of the net. Like, of course, you're going to be good on the power play. They come in with the fifth best, fifth best power play in the league right now, and it's going to be another one of those games where the Golden Knights penalty kill, who has been dominant at home, number two uh, penalty kill in the league at home, Vegas. Like, it, that's the matchup for me tonight. Whether or not the Golden Knights can continue that prowess on the pa- on the penalty kill and neutralize a power play for the Dallas Stars that's very good. Yeah, Dallas also went out and brought in Ryan Suter, who was bought out by the Minnesota Wild, yeah. uh, to add to that blue line. But uh, yeah, it's, in in a lot of ways, you look at the Dallas Stars' point production and you you compare it to the to the Golden Knights. And there's a big surprise. Like Chandler Stevenson 
leads the, the Golden Knights. Well, there's a reason for that. Sure. Uh, one, he's played great. Yeah. And two, well, there's been all the injuries uh, to Marcia so and Pacioretty and Stone and down the list. Well, the Dallas Stars are led by Joe Pavelski. Mm-hmm. And, and Pete DeBoer was asked, today, and Joe is one of Pete's favorite players that he's ever coached. I can understand that. Uh, Pete was asked today if he thinks that Joe's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't think that Joe's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer in the USA hockey. But but as far as the Hockey Hall of Fame, and, and that's no disrespect and uh, not calling, like being part of the USA Hockey Hall of Fame is an incredible honor. But but the numbers just aren't there. Uh, and the championship's not there. And it's just, it's it's the Olympic titles, all the things that, that go together. Incredible career. Sure. And and if if we were to be fair, we probably kind of thought that the career was winding down a couple of years ago. And here he is leading the Dallas Stars in points and still getting it done on the power play. So it's 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 adding to it. Maybe longevity will 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 serve him well and get him into that conversation. But I don't think he's he's quite the Hall of Famer. But but I think he has certainly become uh, the heartbeat of this Dallas Stars team. I'm not surprised by that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when when you have a player in Joe Pavelski who became the heartbeat of the San Jose Sharks with Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton on that roster, and, and it became very clear that once Joe Pavelski got to a certain stage, it was his team and yeah. everyone else was an ancillary piece. Like, I'm not surprised that Joe Pavelski goes to Dallas and he continues to find ways to put the puck in the back of the net, to score big goals, to be that game, big game player, and he's slowly been the guy like he is it's it's joe pavelski's team and everything else right now is kind of a piece supporting that uh, he's also a player that uh, has that knack for making things happen in front of the net mm-hmm. and i just i i give him all the credit in the world to be able to tip pucks because some some people are just great at it and some people really talented players just can't do it mm-hmm. and and his he scored a goal the other night where i don't know how he did it I don't know how he got a stick on it. I don't know how that puck ever found the net after he got a stick on it. Yeah. And uh, it was incredible. And Pete Dwar said, uh, just to tag on, on the compliments to Joe Pavelski, uh, said today, all you need to know about Joe Pavelski is uh, what happened, i paraphrase again, uh, what, what happened when he was with the San Jose Sharks, what's happened to the San Jose Sharks since he left. Yeah. And that's, that's not a, any type of... Uh, condescending uh, comment about the San Jose Sharks. It's sure. the incredible compliment to Joe Pavelski. And, and he's, he's going right now. This, this Dallas team, I think, is going to be in the mix for a playoff spot, but it's going to be a wild card spot. Yeah. I don't see them outdueling. I, I, I think Colorado is going to be there in the central. I think uh, St. Louis is going to be there in the central, although they're, they're, they're in a world of uh, entertaining hurt right now. Bizarre hurt. Uh, Minnesota, Winnipeg. I think those teams are going to battle for that three spot. Dallas is going to have to scratch and claw to, to get a wild card spot. Well, I mean, with the Dallas Stars, I, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Like, you're going to need those players to you know, get a little bit more production out of them. Like, again, when you when you look at Sagan, six goals, like, okay, that's fine. You, you need more from Tyler Sagan. You need more, uh, at least consistent scoring throughout the lineup for mm. this Dallas Stars team. Like what what Rupe Hintz is doing is fantastic, but it, you know, you look at just the the Dallas Stars and and you've got one guy 
in Rupe Hintz, who's in double-digit goals, right? Like, he's got 11. Everyone else is, is under 10. So um, it's it's a tough spot. You're going to need more offense. And, you know, for me, it, it's going to come down to whether or not you can get more reliable production out of Jamie Benn and out of uh, Tyler Sagan. Was the bubble not Rupe Hintz coming out party? I, it was it was announcing Rupe Hintz to the world. Yeah. But I don't know that it was his coming out party. I feel like what he's doing right now in in being the guy in scoring um in leading this dallas stars team in goal scoring i think that's probably more uh rupe hints announcing that he's here he's to stay and he's someone that you're going to have to deal with if you play the dallas stars you're going to have to find ways to shut him down i wonder what the game will be where the golden knights power play is announced to the world because we're seeing we're seeing some great yeah uh, pressure from the Golden Knights power play. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I don't know. And you know, Dallas, Dallas is uh, is not the the best penalty kill team in the league. Like they they're they're subpar on the, on the penalty kill. So you look at kind of a game like today, where if the Golden Knights can get a couple of looks, and that's the other part of the the equation too. The Golden Knights just don't draw enough penalties. So it's it you know you're looking at that'll a, change now that they're back to, to full strength. It'll be interesting, but you you. You know, you kind of talk about a coming out party for the power play. You're you're going to need four or five opportunities or, or four or five looks in a game to really allow that uh, an opportunity to happen. And you know, right now, I I don't know because I don't know that the Golden Knights are going to be in a situation where they draw more than two or three. scored in back-to-back uh, games last week and uh, tried to make it three in a row. Uh, that uh, that's a part that we'll be watching. Here's uh, here's Shea Theodore on the power play and its progression. I just think uh, I think we're we're all connected. I think, you know, we had a, a, a tough stretch to start the year, but um, now that we've we've injected more guys in the lineup, like I said, I think you know guys are more comfortable. Um, you know, we're starting to get a couple more looks, and um, you know, I think even I don't think our our power play percentage kind of shows the way we've been playing over the past you know five or six games. So um, just kind of keep that up. I'm going to call it right now. Vegas power play connects for a pair tonight. Two, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look it. I say that, too, and the place explodes <laughs> as we get ready for this one uh, here at T-Mobile Arena. Rehearsal's uh, underway. We are Section 104. If you're coming to the game and you're driving to the rink right now, come up and say hi and uh, introduce yourself. We are at the top of the flight deck. Uh, just if you're looking at the castle, we're to the left of it. At the, at the furthest part. You can't miss us. Ryan's wearing a big, ugly Christmas sweater today. It's a little early for that. He's wearing a big, ugly Christmas sweater. It's not true. Uh, today. Not uh, accurate statement. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say they're, they're going to hit for a pair tonight. It's just, it's been so good, the yeah. power play lately. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And and a lot of that has to do with, with Max Pacioretty back in the lineup. A lot of it has to do with, you know, what we talked about yesterday on the show and getting the puck into the bumper spot for Dodonov and allowing him to just go to work and, and really make some plays. Uh, the Golden Knights are, are getting really good contributions in tracking pucks after their initial shot, keeping plays in the offensive zone for extended periods of time on the power play. Uh, and their second units look pretty good, too, in, in moving the puck around. And a lot of that had to do with William Carlson getting back in the lineup, too. So uh, I, I do look at this as the first stretch all year long where the Golden Knights have two units that they can rely upon to get zone time to create plays, find seams, and get really good scoring chances. Patrick's going to play tonight, right? I, I expect him we to. Think, we think yeah, so. Expect yeah. him to. Uh, 
it's been one of those seasons where you just you don't, don't know. You don't yeah. know yeah. night to night. Yeah. And and more often than not, it's been the players who have been out who have just suddenly appeared. Sure. And, oh, I didn't didn't realize. And some of that has to do with uh, just they've been out for so long, mm-hmm. and uh, and the team comes off the road trip and boom, boom, they're in. But uh, we'll we'll keep a track of uh, of the lineup. Uh, Robin Leonard. Uh, expected to go tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and that was a I think would think a big confidence booster for him uh, to beat the Calgary Flames and beat Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, it was a big game for Robin Leonard, and you know I I, I look at kind of the the way the game unfolded and how good Robin was through the the first you know 45 50 minutes of the game, and then it's it's a seeing eye shot. All of a sudden, there's a ton of pressure, and Robin Leonard comes up with some big. Big saves, especially that save uh, on the goal line where it, it hits his pad. It doesn't go in. That's a breakaway opportunity, and Robin Leonard shuts the door. You get a lot of help from Dylan Coglin there in the goalpost, but you still make a save. You still fight through it, uh, especially at that juncture in the game. I, you know, you look at Robin Leonard and the way that he bounced back uh, after that game against the Anaheim Ducks. A solid outing, and I would expect him to kind of continue on with with. The, the way that he played against Calgary, assuming that the Golden Knights play the same way in front of him because the better defensively structured the Golden Knights are, uh, the, the the more locked in Robin Leonard is going to be because he's going to make all those reads off of what his defensemen are doing in front of him. Vegas Golden Knights searching for a 15th win this season, taking on the Dallas Stars. We have tickets to give away for Sunday's homestand finale against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, give us a call. And be caller number, I'm going to go with 21. 21. Caller number 21. Why are you shaking your head? No reason. Come on. No, no, no reason. What's the number they should call? Number 11. I was going to make a make a Zach Parise joke. Mm. Number 11. Yeah, but, hey, 21's fine. 21's okay. What's yeah. the number? 702-876-1340. Caller number... 21. 702-876-1340. Caller number 21, and you will come to T-Mobile on Sunday night to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. We're going to take a break, let Chapman answer the calls, and we'll come back with one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and there's some really interesting things happening with the St. Louis Blues and um, update on Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens. You're listening to Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's get at it. Very latest uh, from the National Hockey League is the Colorado Avalanche, and Nathan McKinnon has just been forced to uh, leave the game against the New York Rangers after being uh, subjected to a hit by Jacob Truba. Does that sound familiar, at least the Truba part? Because last night it was Truba who stepped into uh, Chicago Blackhawk forward Juju Kara, and uh, it was Kara who had to uh, leave the game, was stretched off the ice. Now he's been released from Northwestern Hospital. Uh, that was the word from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, today, but a timetable for his return is uh, not been given. Uh, that last night, some people were talking about uh, it being a, a dirty hit. Uh, looked like it was just a, a, a bad result from a, from a hockey play. But tonight, for Truba, for it to happen back-to-back nights uh, is is bad news. Like, if 
if it's certain players, mm-hmm. you, there's, a, there's a riot. Like, sure. How can they let this go? Truba's not that type of player. Right. So this seems to be a rather uh, unique circumstance. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I have not seen the, the hit from Truba on McKinnon. I did see the one uh, on Jujar Kara yesterday. And, you know, it, it, it's an interesting play with, with Kara because he's, he's quite literally before impact looking down at the, the puck in his skates. Like, it, it's, a, it's a tough spot, I, I think, for, for Truba in that spot to, to mm-hmm. lay off that hit, right? Um, and it's just kind of an unfortunate uh, circumstance from, from the hit. But uh, I'll, I'll reserve judgment on Truba after I, until after I see the, the Look, hit on the Did you think cannon. last night was dirty? I didn't. It's it's no, I, not really, because I I don't think you, you look at that hit and you you look at that play and say that you know head contact was was the principal point of contact there. I, Truba kept his arms down, his elbows in, like he drove through the body. It's just unfortunate that that you know Kara was in a vulnerable position. Uh, these uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, released some video today. Uh, Carey Price skating, full equipment, uh, doing some uh, foundation drills. Some T pushes and shuffling and uh, uh, of the sort. Uh, no timetable for his return, but uh, that's really good progress. It has not played at all this year, coming off the injury and then uh, the time they spent in the uh, player assistance program. Yeah, I mean, every you know, you look at Carey Price and you just you want him back in 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 the league and you want him back in the net. You want him playing and. You know, I, I think every kind of positive update that we get and everything that, that brings Kerry a, a bit closer to uh, to getting back in is is great. It doesn't sound like we'll see him before Christmas, though. Uh, so that's, that's going to leave a, a rather narrow window for Team Canada to make its decision on a, a starting goaltender for the Olympic Games. Well, I, I think the good, you know, the good news is Kerry Price can come in and, and if he's playing playing at, at to his level to his caliber then uh you know it, it can settle a, a very uncertain situation and goal for team canada because right now as, as you know we talked about yesterday no one's grabbed it no literally no one has grabbed that that position as the guy for team canada so you know narrow window sure but perhaps it's enough for Kerry price to do his thing so what are the uh, chances that the national hockey league doesn't even go to the Olympic Winter Games in Beijing. Tomorrow is a big meeting yeah. that will address that with the National Hockey League Board of Governors. Uh, don't know much beyond the fact that it's on the agenda tomorrow uh, for uh, all the the owners and the, the general managers uh, that will represent uh, the various teams if the owner can't be there. But tomorrow is going to be one of those uh, it, it, big opinion days. There'll be, there'll be discussion on both sides of it tomorrow. Uh, especially with the, uh, the the surge in some cases uh, of, of the pandemic and the new variant, and the 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 more publicity that uh, or more we learn about what happens if you happen to test positive when when you're in China, which we went over yesterday. Yeah, I, part of me feels like I'm about sixty forty on it right now. Sixty percent, I, I think that the NHL players are not going to go, and forty percent that they are. Yeah, that's about where I'm at right now, and. And I feel like it, it's come down a little bit. I would say probably a week or so ago when the auto senators were going through their mm-hmm. COVID outbreak and when you had uh, the New York Islanders shut down for a couple of games, I was probably about 75-25. It's come back down a you little bit for me. Yeah, I, I was. 75% sure yeah. that they wouldn't go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I was at because it seemed like wow. in that moment there was more. This this season was was kind of hanging in the balance a little bit. Like that's how quickly things can change when players want to go though. I and I understand that, and that's kind of and why I continue the, to come back down on it. The pledge that Gary Bettman made to the players when they extended the CBA during the uh, the bubble and going into the bubble. Like, Bettman, uh, I give him credit. He's taken that very seriously. He's stuck to that. And yeah. and, and the push is still to go, I, boy, I'm I'm the exact opposite. I'm, You're, I'm 85 really? to 90 that, yeah. that, that they'll still go. And I'm uh, I'm just – I probably was 95 before we started talking. And you, you've knocked <laughs> me back a little bit, but I'm still uh, in, in, in that big chance. But we will know a lot more as far as maybe the National Hockey League. They have to make a decision – and inform the IOC by the very latest January 10th. Yeah. I don't think it gets to that point, but maybe with these developments, it does come right down to that situation. I know the federations would like to know sooner. Sure. Because if the National Hockey League doesn't send representatives, then the federations, uh, there'll still be a hockey tournament. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that will be uh, made up of uh, uh, minor league players, uh, college players, players in Europe. Uh, who are uh, skating and, and playing in the KHL or the various uh, European leagues. And, uh, and that will be a, a quick uh, coaching staffs have to be uh, mm-hmm. come up with. And there's, there's stuff happening behind the scenes on that, but uh, we'll see. So tomorrow's a big day when it comes to the National Hockey League and um, the, uh, the Olympic Winter Games. So are you watching this thing happen with the, with the St. Louis Blues? No, not particularly. They're, they're down to their fourth-string goaltender. Charlie Lindgren finished the game <laughs> last night against the the Florida Panthers. Okay. Uh, uh, Jordan Bennington, Billy Huso, and Joel Hofer are ahead of him on the depth chart, but the, but they're Hofer's the the kid, okay. the, the up and comer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they just everybody's hurt or sick or or out of the lineup. So what's what's happened is with Hofer not available, Huso mm-hmm. not available, the regular backup, and Jordan Bennington. Uh, the number one guy, not available. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, the southpaw, is going to play possibly the next three games. And the St. Louis Blues have signed uh, John Gillies to a one-year contract. Okay. Gillies hasn't played since the 17-18 season in the NHL. Nice. But he has been playing in the American Hockey League in the ECHL this year. Okay. And uh, he'll be ready to uh, partner with Lindgren uh, as of tomorrow. But they... Part of it is salary cap. Part of it is is uh, the idea that uh, that they've got some injuries, but they're down to their fourth and now a signee in Gill- Gillies was was a high prospect for the Calgary Flames a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he's not he's not an e bug or anything like sure. that. He's a legitimate professional goaltender. But they're down to their fourth and fifth year uh, fifth string goaltenders, and they have to play. They played a man short last night because of the salary cap, and they have mm-hmm. to play uh, a man short again. The next time out, and then they should be able to get the the, uh, the short term release relief from uh, from it. But that's we, we witnessed it <laughs> in this say, building, like like the, uh, the the challenges of the salary cap. But at no point was Vegas down to a fifth fifth string goaltender being a, a signee, and the, the fourth string uh, goaltender being the the guy that's starting. Yeah, not not last year or you know, no the year no before, year number one. Year number yeah. one. Yeah. Like. That is just all the things that have kind of happened over the course of the five years for the Golden Knights, all hitting the St. Louis Blues at one time. Yeah, that's a, that's remarkable. So we'll see how they uh, how they come out of it. Uh, I'm, it'll be 
one, fascinating to watch, but you're almost like watching through a couple of fingers with your fingers <laughs> over your eyes. Like, ah, I don't know whether I want to. Uh, Elias Peterson, uh, killing penalties. Yes. Uh, I love the, it. For the, for the Vancouver Canucks. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux says, why not? I mean, like, listen, you got a guy that's got a ton of skill. And, you know, as we've seen from the, the Golden Knights perspective, uh, sometimes if you have skilled guys on the penalty kill, that can turn into offense. At a moment's notice against a team that is on the power play and not really focused in or honing in on playing defense, sometimes you can exploit that. And if you've got Elias Pettersson and you're trying to, to give him a little bit more confidence and give him some more opportunities to to find some open ice and create some plays, I, I think it's an excellent uh, decision to, to have him kill penalties. And you know, maybe he'll grow into that role and really come to uh, embrace it and enjoy it. You guys have had the chance to talk to Bruce Boudreaux uh, yeah. on, on the show. We all love Bruce. Yes. And and he's engaging and he, he just, he's such uh, a captivating person. Like, there's no ego, there's no facade, there's no uh, uh, swagger to him. He just, he's a real live dude. And he's done a couple of things. One, the uh, Pedersen putting him on the on the penalty kill, which apparently went over so incredibly well with within the dressing room and with Pedersen himself. Yeah. Uh, it uh, Some players will go, okay, I'll go kill penalty. But it, he took it to heart as the responsibility of it, being uh, shown that responsibility. Uh, Boudreaux also took Brock Baxter aside and said, hey, I when I coached against you in Minnesota, you scored a ton of goals against us. <laughs> Can you shoot more? <laughs> so that that's a kind of like, like yeah. the, the it's not the rah-rah stuff all, all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we see the rah-rah stuff in movies, but, but that kind of little confidence builder from Bruce, I, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, it, it kind of goes back to, ideally you, you'd like to have a, a general manager or director of hockey operations in place when you make the decision to go and hire your coach, but you know, I you look at Bruce Boudreaux and his track record and, and just the ability, as, as you've talked about, to insert a little bit of fun into that yeah. room and to get those guys playing and enjoying the process, enjoying the game, I think is huge. And, and you know, there there aren't many better than Bruce Boudreaux to do that. So um, in this instance, I like the idea of going out there, get your man, get the, the coach you think can have a positive impact on the ice with this team right now. And, you know, early on, uh, we'll see how it bears out, but uh, but Bruce Boudreaux was successful in his first game with the Vancouver Canucks, and I'm sure that there'll be more opportunities for him to prove himself with that club. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have been going great lately, but they suffer an injury as Mitch Marner is out uh, three to four weeks with a shoulder injury. Uh, the Leafs uh, confirming that it's been uh, it's worse than the medical team first thought. Here's what's even harder to accept: <laughs> is the injury occurred in a practice? Yep. Jake Muzzin uh, hit Marner. Uh, I I didn't see the video. Yeah, uh, it was probably something innocent that that just kind of got him in a vulnerable spot. But that one, that, that's when when you get hurt in practice, and we we see it all the time in training camp, and and why there's not a lot of hitting in training. It's because something like that can yeah can happen to you. Yeah, I mean it, it's unfortunate for sure. Obviously unfortunate for Mitch Marner, and you you, you know it's it's unfortunate for Jake Muzzin too because he's the guy that, that was involved in it. Um, you know, but Toronto's been been really good, and Austin Matthews is hitting another level right now. So, uh, like, I think the the Leafs will be fine. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a tough break for Mitch Marner, who's who's been having a really strong season, and uh, an unfortunate incident with the uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, no, Jason Spezza for the next six games. No, 
No. Suspended. Uh, yep. Would you appeal? Uh, I wouldn't. Um, I, I mean, like, listen, I, if you're going to appeal, I think you're trying to appeal on grounds that uh, it's only kneeing because the player was, was in a vulnerable vulnerable position on, on all fours on the ice. Uh, it doesn't take too much to look at the way that game was going, to look at the... Yeah, what the, had the, happened right the, before that. What had happened right before that. And tell me that there wasn't a clear intent on on that play, deliberate intent on that play by Jason Spezza to go out there and, and attempt to injure Neil Pionk. Like, I, I'm sorry, uh, you can tell me that that wasn't your intention. I'm not going to believe it. I was talking to John Shannon on my way to the rink today, and we were just bouncing stuff around. Sure. And it occurred to me that I don't remember a time where there's been four openings at the general manager position at the same time during the season. I don't remember a time when there's been four general manager openings in the offseason sure. at the same time. Yeah. But it's unique. Right now, Chicago is open. Doesn't sound like they're going to fill that until the offseason. Mm-hmm. Anaheim, that's, that, that's the one that's quietly there. I think there's a push to put somebody in place sooner rather than later yeah. uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. Montreal, and there is a search there. Jeff Gorton is the uh, executive vice president of hockey operations, so uh, he he is the de facto general manager right now, sure. replacing Mark Bergevin, but he is going to hire a general manager. And uh, there's uh, different areas. It has to be bilingual. I don't think Montreal's competing against anybody. They're, they're sort of on their own uh, when it comes to finding somebody there. Yeah. Uh, uh, not to say that those candidates in Montreal wouldn't be uh, for uh, Vancouver, Chicago, or Anaheim. Uh, one name that's that's coming out is Jimmy Rutherford. Uh, I don't see him as the fit in Vancouver. I do in Anaheim uh, from my conversation with John. And the other part is Vancouver. Now, Montreal has talked about going, like looking at all avenues, whether it be an agent, whether it be a former player, whether it be a, somebody that's never played. Jeff Gordon's very open to, to looking at all aspects there. I I think Vancouver could be similar. Uh, Stan Smeal's the interim general manager, Steamer. Uh, yeah. He's a longtime Vancouver Canucket. I, I don't think he's going to be the president of hockey operations, but I do think they're going to hire somebody there uh, for president of hockey operations. And for the general manager, what about J.P. Barry? I'll just mention his name right now. Agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Works with uh, Paperson, CAA Sports. The conglomerate, the uh, what, what's, what's the proper word for what? Who's running the Vancouver Canucks right now? You have that like five-person team, sure. Yeah. Uh, and you it's have a cavalcade. Uh, gear, gear uh, is their cap guy, uh, Stan Smeal, uh, and the Sedins and, and sure. Ryan Johnson. Yep. Well, JP Barry just happens to be the agent for the Sedins. <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> okay. and and agents have have become general managers. Lots of them. Yeah. Bill Zito in, in Florida, yeah. uh, agent uh, off the top of my head. So I just I want to mention that name in particular as as a potential sort of outside uh, looking in. Lawrence Gilman, who worked for Vancouver Canucks, now works for Toronto. Uh, he could also be in the mix uh, for for the general manager job. Uh, well well thought of uh, hockey guy in, in Lawrence Gilman. Yeah, I think 
kind of keeping all avenues open is important. And for for the Vancouver Canucks, like it'll be interesting to see kind of what avenue they go. Uh, I'm I'm more intrigued by you mentioning Jimmy Rutherford and the Anaheim Ducks because based on what you're seeing from Anaheim right now and given Jim Rutherford and his track record and really when he believes in a team going all in and, yeah. and not being afraid to make trades and deals like that could be music to a lot of fans ears in Southern California if it's Jimmy Rutherford in Anaheim I, I really thought Rutherford would end up in Chicago yeah I did but that looks like it's gonna gonna be on hold right now there's a there's a couple of other names oh Ray Shiro. Uh, he's ran a couple of uh, different organizations, so there's there's a few popular names out there. But uh, I think I think Vancouver could really end up going if they don't go the Lawrence Gilman route. Who knows the organization? Knows the owners? Uh, certainly. Then uh, I would be surprised if they went down the path of uh, of one J.P. Barry. Uh, those are your one timers for this Wednesday, December the. Hmm, I forgot again. On Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. What's happened there, pal? Well, we're getting into a part of the schedule where, where I'm kind of excited because we're starting to see some teams that we haven't seen in a while. Dallas Stars tonight. Philadelphia Flyers. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning coming back in a couple of weeks. It's kind of exciting because we just have not seen these teams in a long time. I mean, it seems like, I mean, the funny thing is we haven't seen the Stars playing at T-Mobile since before the bubble. That's kind of crazy when you think about it because the bubble seems so long ago. Like, it's almost like a distant memory. And here we are, the Dallas Stars rolling back into town tonight for the first time in about two years. So it's, it's for me, it's exciting because I always enjoy seeing teams that we don't get to see a lot of. You know, we get to see Calgary quite a bit in Los Angeles. We've seen enough of them over the last couple of years, but we don't get to see a lot of the Dallas Stars or the Nashville Predators and teams like that. So I'm, I'm just excited for this stretch of the schedule where we've got some teams that uh, we haven't seen in a long time coming coming back to Vegas. Chris, they hadn't played Calgary in like two years. Yeah, but they're, they're a division rival. So, I mean, they had played six times at T-Mobile and Vegas had played up there six times. So... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 different when it's not a division rival. And I get what you're saying, but we, we, we hadn't seen Dallas in a really, really long time, and they're not a division rival. I don't know if they come back this year or not. I don't know if it's Vegas goes there for the third game or if they come back here. They go to Dallas. Okay, so this will be the only opportunity we have this time or this year to see the Dallas Stars, unless hey, they play in the playoffs. What are the chances that somebody else tries the flip from behind the net in the next month? Oh, I think someone will do it. I think Zegers will do it. Yeah, yeah. T. Pavel Datsuk did it a few years ago. Yeah. I did see. Now, did his bounce off the back of the goalie and go in? No, it didn't go in. No, it didn't go in. Oh, okay. All right. He was setting up a pass, and it just didn't work. Okay. Old his video was, sometimes His was more of hard. a flip. It didn't, yeah, didn't it like, wasn't, cut it. It wasn't the Same lacrosse. idea. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you, think, do you think it's received differently if Datsuk would have went in than Zegers? Because it's 50-50. I'm telling you it's 50-50 in the hockey world of whether or not that was uh, a move that uh, you should be making or whether you, you shouldn't. Hey, you're shaking your head. I'm with you. I, I, I love it. I celebrate it. it. I think it's amazing. Uh, but but there is there is a, a part of, of the hockey community that is like, hey, 
You don't need to do that. Well, those, play. those people they, should be in the minority. Goal. Yeah, it I know, led to I know, a goal. I know. The whole point of hockey is to put the puck in the back of the net. If you have the skill to do it, do it. And if you mm -hmm. don't have the skill to do it, get better. And it's a game. Have fun. No, no, no. Let's not do that. No, no. Let's, you're, yeah. get, hey. you're getting, uh, you're getting <laughs> really out of, out of place. There. I know. I'm, I'm out of line with the fun stuff. Trust me. It's like we've, we've come a long way with this stuff. All right? Like it's, it's still the fact that, that that play isn't being largely celebrated, that it's split oh, no, down it, the middle. I, no, it's being celebrated. Well, you said it's 50-50 split oh, down I, the middle. I, I, think, I think if you talk to 100 people inside the league, it's probably 50-50. That but doesn't feel like coming a long way. We're, we're yeah. celebrating it. We're, we're, it's all over uh, IG. Well, yeah, you, you, me, and Ryan are celebrating it, no, and it, Duck it, fans are But there, there's a, no, there's I, a vocal minority. There's, 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 there's lots of people. It's, I, I, listen, I think it's received. Have you seen one post where somebody's poo-pooed it? It, it's, I'm not. I'm not so much worried about social media. I'm worried about like the 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 message getting back or into the locker room of hey, mm. uh, let's not do that. Well, I because, I yeah, I mean, look at look at the way some people reacted to the Carolina Hurricanes doing the 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 celebration at the end of the games. They were called what fish? They act like fish. Never heard that one actually. One, really, you that's, haven't? That's one no. drop, <laughs> one <laughs> <Yeah>. pull, but. <laughs> No, One I, of these guys are jerks or something? Yeah, Don did uh, did say that. I, and it, but it's been more, well, I think it's been all positive sure. on social media. Yes. Uh, but in, I think it's still, there's some segments of the game. But I, I think yeah. it has has been better than 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like, I remember Kyle Wellwood doing a between-the-legs shot. Yeah. And there was a hesitation to go back to the bench. Because of uh, that, that that's, that's standard fare. And Ryan Reeves had a between the legs oh. assist last night. Mm. Not bad, eh? That was pretty uh, fun. Pre-game show's coming up with Ryan Wallace from uh, T-Mobile Arena. Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights. The winner gets uh, the wild card spot. The Golden Knights trying to chase down a top three position in the Pacific Division. For Chris Chapman, catching up with Chapman, Ryan Wallace, I'm Darren Millard. Thanks for listening to the BGK Insider Show. We'll be back with you tomorrow and reflect and hand out our ratings on this game against the Dallas Stars, which you can listen to on Fox Sports Las Vegas. They're there because they win, not because they act like fish. <laughs>